Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Welcome back to the FemiPod for episode number 69. As always, I'm here with my bestie, Esty, and this week we are going to fill you in on what we've been up to from a business perspective, the exciting times for us as co-founders of Femi, as well as chat to you about the last two weeks of training. We are then jumping on the chat GPT hype and diving into answering the question we put to chat GPT. What do runners struggle with most? We'll give you the AI answers and then break down how to overcome these from a running coach's perspective. The answer we got from ChatGBT will definitely help you to realize that you are not alone in some of the challenges you may be facing as a runner. Est, how are you? Episode 69, what's been happening and how's the last couple of weeks of training been? They've been good. Yeah, I did a 10K race the other weekend for fun um, and it actually ended up being like really hard. So I told you already, I like started and I felt like I was running really fast and it felt really hard. And then I looked down at my watch and I was just running a time, a split that I was just like, well, that sucks. You know, and it's like slaps you in the face because you think you're running way faster than you are. So um, anyway, I got to like two Ks and I was like, this is really hard already. And I am not even running what I would want to run pace wise. And so I was like questioning dropping out, like questioning, like, oh, it's just not my day. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing this for fun. Like, just run it and just like see if you can hold this pace that you're at right now. And I ended up like getting faster and faster each two and a half Ks because it was a two and a half K out and back. But I think also like the wind was literally unbelievable. Like it was like gale force winds into your face for the first zero to two and a half Ks and then from five to seven and a half. So yeah, my faster splits were definitely going the other way. Um, but yeah, no, that was, that was fun. Like I'm proud of myself for finishing and I ended up running, you know, an all right time. Like it's not what I would have hoped for, but it was like still good. So I was like proud of myself for not giving into those thoughts. I think we all have them and it's whether or not you can find a roundabout way to get over it and just do it for the love of it instead uh, and yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. It was fun. So I did that. And then, yeah, I've been training pretty well. Like I think I ran nearly a hundred Ks again last week. Um, but then I may have just overloaded my body a little bit because my left hips a little bit tight. So I just jogged the last couple of days and then I'm going to do a workout on the cross trainer today. So I'm just being really careful of my body. I feel like I could easily continue running because it's not that bad. It's probably like a two out of 10, but I feel like if I continue running what I was running, then it will probably become a five out of 10 and I won't be able to run. So if I just be smart now, then hopefully it will go away. So yeah, training has been good. I I was going to do ultimate athlete this weekend, but I don't know now because of my hip. So I do have a 10K the following weekend. So maybe I just put my attention on that one instead. We'll see how we go. But I really wanted to show that myself that I could do ultimate athlete. But one, one day I will. But yeah, training's been good and just busy at the moment with a lot of work things. And that's about it. How about you, Liz? Yeah, work's super exciting. We have some very exciting things coming up at Femi that we won't go into too much detail now, but stay tuned for that one. Um, lots happening here at Femi HQ. And uh, we just can't wait to share kind of some news and things that we have been concocting over the last couple of years that are very quickly coming to life now. So work has been good, um, super busy. I've actually been in one place now for about uh, 10 days, which feels a bit surreal, but it's nice to kind of just be put in one place, but heading over to New Zealand tomorrow, which is really exciting uh, for a friend's wedding. And I think from a training perspective, things have been going really well. So I have been clocking up the Ks over the last month. I think this will probably be the biggest month of training that I've had in I want to say like two years, maybe longer. Um, so it's nice to feel like that consistency in training again. I'm able to kind of turn over speed sessions and then harder long runs quite quickly, which is awesome. I know back in 2019 when I was kind of at my peak of training where I stepped away from work for a wee while and just focused on training. So kind of lived the life of a professional athlete. I 
I was just turning over um, K's and intensity of training quite well. Like I was pulling up from sessions really well. I was able to run 150, 160. I think my biggest week was 175 Ks, which is a lot of running. I don't recommend it, but because it was the only thing I did, I was able to recover so well. And I kind of missed that. And I feel like a bit of it is coming back now where I am really focusing on all the small things just to like get that consistency in training and, and be able to push the intensity when it matters. And you know, we talked a lot about that in a couple of episodes ago where how to be a better runner is one of them is really just focusing on your easy running and your recovery and how if you do that well, you can actually perform at the intensity that you want to when it matters on your hard days. So um, I'm taking my own advice and doing that. And yeah, big weeks of training and lots of intensity, which has been fun and um, looking forward to a race. So I'm planning on racing Noosa in about four or five weeks time. And I still haven't decided the distance. I'm even playing with the idea of running the 10K and trying to run fast or run the half and run like a somewhat good time or run the marathon just to run the marathon. So <laughs> I've had a few messages from um, people on Instagram. So shout out to you for giving me advice to just get out there and run the marathon. Um, I appreciate it, but I still can't decide. So I have a couple more weeks where I'm just going to get through the training and then probably two weeks out from the race, I'll really make a call on which distance I'll do. But I am kind of inclined to just go out there and try for 42 Ks because I haven't done it for such a long time. And um, it is a great event up here in Noosa. So yeah, training's been going well. Life has been going well. I am trying to find this like really happy balance or actually I listened to a podcast recently talking about not work-life balance, work-life harmony and how, you know, one should play into the other. They shouldn't be kind of separate things. And I'm definitely trying to take that approach right now only because we, you and I, are very fortunate to have our work is something we love and we get to like live our dream every day in the work that we do and we get to follow our passion which is running and inspiring other people to run through our everyday work so we're very lucky that we can do that but trying to also bring that into like my relationships with my friends and my partner and everything else as well so yeah a bit of growth happening but it is all good growth I love it yeah yeah we are lucky that we actually love our work because I know that is that is something that's hard to find so I feel like it can weave into our lives better because it's things that we're passionate about as well like running we love running obviously fueling our bodies we love that uh woman empowerment we love all of it so it's just like it is quite nice and it's a good way to look at it I guess it is for sure Work-life harmony, I think, is the dream because it means that you are chasing your passion and turning your passion into your purpose and your, into your day-to-day -day work is um, ultimately what I think everyone wants to do. So it's kind of a good driver to kind of go out there and figure it out what that passion and purpose is. But today, talking about passion and purpose, we are obviously diving more into the tech space and understanding this tech world and AI is a big part of that. And I'm sure many of you have either heard about or explored chat GBT in your own worlds and, and what that kind of AI system looks like. And it's pretty wild and crazy. And we don't know enough about it to sit here and tell you exactly the, the depths of what chat GBT is all about, but we have been using it in our own ways um, and testing things out. And a lot of it is quite hilarious in the way that chat GBT spits information back to you, whether it's right or wrong, I don't know, but um, we decided to test chat GBT out this week for the podcast and we've gone ahead and asked chat gbt a couple of different questions around running and the first one we asked was what do runners struggle with the most and we also asked what do female runners struggle with the most we did this because we're interested to see what the internet is going to tell us but also we'd love to kind of provide enough information to you the listeners around maybe what challenges you're going through and how we can sit here as running coaches and help you through them too so yes do you want to give me the answer that chat gbt gave us when we asked i don't know if we're going to call her a him or a her or a they um <laughs> but when we asked chat gbt what do runners struggle with the most so they said, as an AI language model, I don't have personal experiences, <laughs> but based on research and analysis, runners typically struggle with injuries, fatigue, motivation, and mental toughness. 
Additionally, some runners may also face challenges related to running form, pacing, nutrition, and time management. Wow, I feel like there's a lot to unpack there and we probably won't go through every single thing that a runner struggles with, but we will go through those first four. The first one being injuries, which I think many of us could relate to. I think if you haven't been injured, then you probably maybe haven't tested your body out enough to push the boundaries enough, but injury is kind of one of those things that do come from training and from running because we are always putting our bodies on the line. So we're going to chat through how we can prevent injuries as runners. Est, I know you've talked about some injuries that you've been through in the past and even one that you're kind of struggling with at the moment. What are your kind of hot tips on how we can prevent injuries as runners? Yeah, I think uh, it's probably the old listen to your body and tune in to your body as much as you possibly can. I think I've probably touched on it before on the podcast, but like there's been times when I've pushed my body past the point of where I know I should and I know it in my mind and I'm like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't run this really long run today or I shouldn't do a workout today because I feel like quite fatigued or something's like a bit niggly um, and I don't listen to that sort of inner voice and because I want to go for the run because I love running. But if we were just smart enough to like tune in more to our bodies, I think we could avoid a lot of those things. And that's why I said in the start of this podcast, my hips like a little bit tight at the front. Like I, my left hip is notoriously niggly because a little thing called the TFL um, does a lot more work than my glute med and my glute med's way stronger than the TFL. So TFL should just chill and my glute med should just work. <laughs> but unfortunately for me, I have to do like ongoing rehab stuff to like keep it, keep it uh, in a good place. And I think maybe I have been neglecting that. And so I would just say right now, it's a little bit inflamed and it's a little bit unhappy. And if I was to continue running like that would become a full blown injury. But instead of just jogged for the last few days, I cut my training down by so much. I've been taking anti-inflammatories. I don't know if people listening, maybe anti, anti, anti-inflammatories, but I'm not personally. They've done me a world of wonders at certain times when something is maybe just quite inflamed and needs a little bit of help. Um, so I've been doing that and just like got a massage and taking care of my body. So I think just like being patient and being kind to your body is like number one, always like, if your gut's telling you that something's not quite right and you ignore it, that's always, it always comes with the downfall afterwards. Like it's like, damn it, I should have listened. Um, so yeah, that would be my number one tip. Listen to your body and like be patient with it because it's trying its best just. Definitely. And I feel like for me, understanding like what your body needs is so important. And that really comes from what you're saying is like, listen to your body. I've definitely tested out different ways to get fitter and stronger in the past to kind of help with my running. But I know that like lifting heavy weights and strength training regularly is one thing that really helps with my injuries. And I know that if I miss the gym or I can't get into a gym for a couple of weeks, it's going to impact my running hugely. So for me, strength training, because I have had tendon issues in the past, strength training and loading up my tendons is the best way to keep me running and prevent injuries. So when I go into the gym, I pretty much do the same thing every single week, which is like squatting, deadlifts, uh, calf raises, and single leg squats or single leg press. And that's pretty much it. Super boring, but it definitely keeps me from getting injured. And it also makes me faster, <laughs> um, just building strength in my muscles too. So strength training is a huge way to prevent injuries. And then as Es mentioned, like being patient and really just like taking on load really gradually. So when you're looking at how you're approaching your running training, making sure you're not throwing yourself in the deep end and running too much too quickly. Obviously running is a very high impact sport. The more you do it, if your body's not conditioned to it, the more you're risking injury. So just getting a good program and focusing on being really patient and really gradually increasing your case is one of the best ways to prevent injury. But, you know, even for people like Esther and myself who are super conditioned to running, who have been running our entire lives, we still get these, these niggles that can potentially turn into injuries at times. So it's always, as Esther, listen to your body um, and do what's right for you and, and be patient. The second one that ChatGBT told us that runners are struggling with is fatigue definitely something I can relate to. I've been through 
multiple bouts of pretty chronic and severe fatigue in the past. When I was suffering red S, it was probably the worst. Um, but even recently, I've had pretty low iron and I've had pretty bad fatigue. And it's frustrating because it's not that I want to go and train. Like I end up like almost hating running and not wanting to run because I just can't even imagine doing it. And then that's like impacting your relationship with the sport, which is really disappointing. So for me, it's like focusing on resting enough so that actually I get that desire back to go out and go for a run. And I think that's what I found really good over the last couple of months of training is that I actually want to do it. And before that, I didn't want to do it. Like I was forcing myself to do it. And that's a huge sign to me of like being fatigued and not having the right energy and and something being out. And now I know, you know, my iron was low and I was struggling with other things, but fatigue is a big one that I think a lot of runners struggle with. So Est, what are some tips to kind of prevent or get over that fatigue? Yeah. I mean, I pretty much exactly what I said before, like you can't, it's just listening to your body again. Like you can't physically, you're not going to get better if you're tired all the time and you're pushing through, like you'll end up digging yourself a hole and you will go further into that fatigue to the point where, like let's said, you lose motivation because every run is a struggle and every run's hard. So it's just like, I just remember, I think about the times that I was recovering from long COVID. And to be honest, I still feel like there's some like remnants of what I went through still now. Like I, I being straight up honest, I cannot adapt to what I used to be able to do. I do not feel like the same human that I was before COVID. I'm going to cry because it, it is hard (laughs) to deal with. And maybe it's a mental thing as well, but it's just like having that grace to yourself, you know, and like understanding that this is a time in your life and you'll get through it. But like, there's just no point in pushing your body that hard when you're feeling like that. So I think just having the awareness and the kindness to yourself to say like something's not quite right, like this, just tune into your body even more and like take extra days off to get over it because ultimately, like Liz said, it's going to make you not even enjoy it anymore. So some things that I did when I was, you know, suffering through long COVID and then also when I gave blood and had low iron for like a few months. I just got rid of my watch. I got rid of all like things and the pressure of like living up to running certain paces or reaching certain mileage each week. I just got rid of all of that. I didn't track my mileage. I didn't track my pace. If I felt good on a day, I'd like run a little bit faster. If I felt like crap, I'd just stop running. So I think it takes a while to get to that point. But like, if you are really struggling with fatigue, you need to get take it back to the basics of like, why you like running? Like you like running because you like getting outside. You like running because you like sweating um, and it makes you feel good mentally. But you can still get that from doing like a 20 minute jog and then like a 10 minute walk home or something. Like you still get that happy feeling. It's just, you're not quite able to do what you were before. So like, yeah, I guess just trying to go back to the basics of why you like running um, why you ever got into it in the first place and get rid of, get rid of all those stimulants of like comparison to your old self or how, when you had energy, I think, yeah, that's my biggest tip, especially over the last like year and a half. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like just almost acceptance is like one of the best ways to get over where you're at in the moment and know that it is like momentary and that you only feel like that right now and you're not going to feel like that forever. I think definitely helps get over fatigue. But I think for me, when I was like suffering through red S and had lost my menstrual cycle and was pretty unwell, I like my, my body was shutting down on me pretty badly. Um, I started to learn about my female physiology and, and I also started to learn about fueling and like eating better. And until that point, you know, for those who don't know about my, my journey, which is very similar to Esther's journey, we, you know, struggled with body image for a long time and that led down some pretty bad dieting paths, bad dieting paths. And, and I just was not looking after my body at all. I was trying to train and run like a professional athlete. Yeah. I was living off, you know, salad. And so once I went through that really bad bout of fatigue, I started eating way better and surprise, surprise, I actually felt a lot better after that. I started eating carbohydrates and I started fueling like the athlete that I was. And I started eating around my training and making sure that I was eating well straight after training and, and preparing for long runs with the right fuel and 
it was just made such a difference to my fatigue levels. And then I was actually able to execute the training and and that's where I guess um, I got better as a runner. So um, yeah, I get, for those who are suffering fatigue, really focus on how you are recovering, um, what sort of training you're doing, how you're fueling, making sure you're getting in enough food and fuel around what you're executing in terms of training. And then obviously hydration is another big one, which um, I can't speak on behalf of hydration because I'm terrible at drinking water, but um, <laughs> trying to get enough water in and taking on electrolytes daily, like those are the things that are definitely going to help with fatigue. So hopefully ChatGBT has learned a little bit there. The third one ChatGBT talks about is motivation and motivation being a struggle for runners. And I think this is an interesting one because I do personally think a lot of runners especially my athletes and people that I've worked with from a coaching perspective are super like self-driven and self-motivated, but the motivation maybe doesn't come from the right place. And I think this is an interesting conversation when it comes to runners, especially when we're talking about running tech and running software that we all use. And like, is the motivation coming from those platforms or is the motivation coming from because you genuinely just love running or is it coming from your friends run and you want to run? So you want to get into it too. Um, I mean, for me, my motivation to run has come from so many different places over my life and my relationship with that motivation has changed dramatically. And it used to be to be the best runner, you know, and to train make teams and run times and win national titles. And that was a huge driver for me to get up and train every day. And, and now it's very much like, I just love running and what it does for my mental health and my confidence. And that's why I do it. And I want to inspire other people to do it for those reasons too. But what about you? It's like, have you struggled with motivation in the past? And if so, what are your kind of like steps to get that motivation back? Yeah, definitely goes in like waves. And I think, when we take it back to the point previously about fatigue, like I think when you're not feeling great physically, it can be quite hard to be motivated. So like with motivation, maybe it's addressing like the root cause of like why you're feeling those ways. Like if you're super busy at work and you're expecting to run at a really high level and you feel exhausted, like you're probably going to struggle with motivation. So like, yeah, I mean, I definitely have struggled with it. I think, I know that I love running and I'm the same as you Liz like I love getting outside and I love like testing my limits and pushing my body and seeing what I'm capable of but I think like tips for me to stay motivated are just like I really like routine like getting it done in the morning I think because we both have quite a busy work schedule I find like by the end of the day my mental capacity is a lot less to like push myself whereas in the morning I'm like fresh out of bed had a coffee had to think about all these millions of decisions I've made in the day I just go and I just run and I think like for me that's a massive part of staying motivated is like staying in a good routine and you know finding what works for you best I know some of the people we work with they they like running in the afternoon and that's that's what works really well for them but both lids and I know that we we are more motivated to get outside and run in the morning. Um, it doesn't mean we're not going to do it in the afternoon, but just find what works for you. And I think that's definitely helped. And then also like finding people to train with. I think even just turning up to a session, like we've got Tough Girl Tuesday going on at the moment. And I've seen over in Melbourne, there's a group of the Melbourne community that are meeting on Tuesdays to do their Tough Girl Tuesday session together. And it's not that they're even potentially doing the same session or they may be different paces but it's just like having that community around you and like pushing you and you can warm up together and you can warm, cool down so you hold each other accountable and then you know running past each other like surely you're going to be like yeah like I'm running really well and it's going to push you to go even harder so yeah like finding some people to train with finding your routine uh, things like that definitely help me to stay motivated and also setting goals for certain races I think both Lids and I are working towards things at the moment which helps with motivation but yeah if you're losing motivation take it back to the same thing as fatigue I think take it back to the basics of why you like running take it back to not being about statistics it's about you getting outside and, and moving your body and that will help you hopefully regain that love for it again and get your motivation back. Definitely love that. I think the other one that I would just add is like, if you need that motivation of someone to keep you accountable, 
get yourself a running coach. Like it can help so much. And a huge part of why we have so many beautiful running athletes at Femi is that they just want that accountability. And, and it's really amazing what a running coach can do from you, not just from like a programming perspective and write you a program that's right for you, but just to to be your biggest cheerleader and to be on the sideline to hear when things go right and when things don't go right, or, you know, when you're feeling good and when you're not feeling good and changing your program, like having someone there holding your hand can be so motivating. So if, especially if you're a beginner runner, like having someone there to write your program and, and be there to tell you what to do can help a lot and really motivate you to keep going. The last one that ChatGBT told us before we get into more female-specific struggles is mental toughness. So something that runners are struggling with is mental toughness. And again, I would like to say a lot of runners that I know are pretty mentally tough and mentally strong. Running is hard no matter what level you're at running is a difficult sport to do we all can hopefully agree with that it is not easy Um, and when you're going out running and you're pushing your body like you're building so much mental resilience and strength within your mind that you aren't even really aware of until you're put into a position where you actually have to lean into that strength and I know like I've seen some runners go to very dark places and very tough places and push through that so I think runners maybe feel like they struggle with mental toughness, but they don't actually know that they're pretty mentally strong when it comes to people in general. <laughs> but yes, well, like, what do you do if you're struggling with your mental toughness? So there, is there things that you kind of lean into? Yeah, definitely. I think it's been learned over the years. I think like preparing for anything mentally before a race is really important. Like you can visualize like how you're going to feel. You could visualize all these things going well, but there could be, you could just feel like crap. Like, have you visualized that? Have you been ready? Are you ready for anything on the day? And I think that is really important because if you have, if you set an expectation in your head that things are going to feel really good, you know, sometimes they just don't. And then you're way more likely to give up and be like, well, this is way harder at K5. And it was, I mean, trying to get harder at K10 in my head, you know, if you're doing a half marathon or, or something like that. So setting the expectation from the start that running is hard. And if you want to do a running race, chances are it's going to hurt. So I think being in the right mindset for that helps so much. Cause like I said, those expectations can, can actually let you down if you haven't prepared for, you know, the pain that you're actually going to go through. Um, and it sounds kind of horrible, but it's also like, so fun. How, how far can you push under this pain? Cause it's only physical, you know, like if you, if you can like, disassociate from the pain like there's nothing actually bad happening to you right then it's just like lactic acid pretty much which makes you feel like things are burning um so if you're ready for that and you're able to like I guess yeah prepare your mind and your body to go through that you're going to be in such a better position when it does actually start to kick in and you feel that way I think that's like a really good strategy and then similar to like that race I did recently I think just be aware that everyone's struggling around you like if you feel like this is hard I promise you every single person in that race around you is feeling somewhat similar unless they're having an absolute blinder and it's just like the best they've ever felt, which is probably one in a hundred races. You know, you have those races where you're like, everything works and I feel amazing. But 99% of the races, there is a lot of pain (laughs) and stuff in it. So I think, yeah, just like taking a step back and being like, everyone around me is also in pain like let's push through this together like I can totally do this um and if you do feel like you know today's not the day just exactly what I did in that race be like well can I hold this pace can I hold this pace and then what you'll find is sometimes you do actually come right and you feel a lot better than you think anyway so yeah it's all about your mind mental toughness is pretty much all mental right I've definitely been in that position where I'm struggling to deal with the pain in a race but then I think about the people in front of me and I'm always like well they're running faster they're going to be in even more pain than me so what am I complaining about (laughs) and I almost use that as like a motivation to run faster I think with mental toughness also like mental fitness comes just as physical fitness comes like you have to train to build up that muscle in your mind and it takes time and it takes training. And so you only are ever going to build up that resilience and toughness in your mind if you put yourself in the position to do that. And kind of goes back to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago around confidence. One of the things to build confidence in 
a way to do that is to do the thing. And I think a lot of runners really stare away from putting themselves in a position where they push themselves really hard in training. And I'm not saying you should go into training and like race training sessions. That's, that's not what we're saying here, but don't opt out of doing speed workouts. I think a lot of people decide, you know, on the day or if you're training yourself or you just run with your friends to kind of like take a step back when it comes to doing anything fast, but actually doing those speed sessions are so good, not just for your body and your physical fitness, but for your mind as well. I almost think that sometimes speed workouts and even long runs for marathon training and doing them at a particular pace, like those are actually building your mental strength way more than your physical fitness and getting used to dealing with that pain. And so I did a really tough fartlek session yesterday and it was probably one of the hardest like fartlek sessions I've done for a long time, only because it covered such a long distance. And I went into that session super unmotivated. Like I didn't want to do it at all. But once I was in there, I just kind of accepted that I was doing it and was excited to feel that pain and, and build that resilience to pain in that training session because I haven't done that for such a long time. And I was so proud of myself once I did it. And I do honestly feel like I gained so much mental strength through one session. So imagine doing that every week or twice a week and how strong you can become mentally over months and six months or training journeys or years so um mental toughness is an interesting one and actually i feel like we should all be super like pumped up and inspired to build up that resilience because it's probably something we don't talk enough about as as athletes yeah that's that's so true it's such a good point to say that like you can work on it you know it's not something that you're like some people maybe are born slightly more mentally tough but like if you put the work in and push yourself you can improve your mental toughness so much and like Claire said like just doing the thing is how you do it put yourself in the pain pain cave as people say <laughs> not all the time we're not saying all the time but yeah like let's said if you've got a hard session and you know it's going to be tough like prepare yourself be ready for that pain and like the more you do it the more you'll be like you're welcome it in and you'll be ready when you do those tough sessions and when you race you you'll be ready but it's interesting like I know we're going to talk about female specific stuff now, but I think there's so much intertwined with like the menstrual cycle. Like I know there's research about RPE and like, so your rate of perceived effort being way higher in the luteal phase. And that could be, you know, something to do with like the way hormones interact with our brain. So it's like being aware of where you are in your cycle as well, maybe helps a lot because you can be like, all right, even if this feels harder, is it actually harder? Like, can I still push at this high level? So it's like, yeah, being aware of that as well and just knowing that our menstrual cycle impacts the way we perceive pain as well. Yes, we will get into it, but the menstrual cycle and mental health is like, there's just not enough as per usual research and information out there, but I find it so interesting around how our mental health fluctuates alongside our hormones. But perhaps we save that one for another conversation when we have some more research, which we need some more money to do. Uh, but let's jump into more female-specific struggles. So when we asked ChatGBT, what are some struggles that female runners are facing? These are the answers that ChatGBT gave us. Menstrual cycles, disrupting training, finding supportive and comfortable sports bras, fear of harassment or safety concerns when running alone, and balancing running with other responsibilities such as work and family. And I don't know about you, S, but I couldn't agree more. Yeah, definitely. I think the first one obviously is something that we talk about so much at Femi and it's it's just one of those things that each woman has their own individual journey with, but we've talked about it so often and I know for me the days where I'm going to struggle the most, but then it's good to know that because then you can take action, right? Like what, when we had Sarah on the podcast last week, she talked so much about know PMS and taking omega-3s and magnesium and I've actually gone and bought that now and I'm really excited to have my next cycle and see like how impacted I am because there's ways to actually like mitigate it and beat it but yeah it's something that we deal with daily um yeah I think I feel like this um point from ChatGPT is one that we probably don't need to go into too much detail about because we talk about the menstrual cycle and how it can disrupt our training all of the time and if you 
do want to find out more information about the menstrual cycle and female physiology in general, you can head to our website and read all about Femi Theory, our online course, which has been built to educate people around the menstrual cycle, our hormones, way more about female physiology and also even how we can adapt our training to our cycles. But if you haven't listened to our podcast about training to your cycle um, and our advice as coaches and how you can do that, I would definitely suggest heading back to listen to the episode. I'll also tag it into our show notes for you. But menstrual cycle disruptions is obviously something that happens to most of us as people who menstruate. And it is something that we should be embracing and actually using to our advantage rather than wishing it away. As I'm sure many of you have heard once Esther and I learned about our menstrual cycle in more detail and the fact that we had these things called phases happening throughout our cycle and started actually playing into them from a training perspective, we both started feeling so much better in our bodies and actually started to perform so much better as well. So understanding your body and knowing what's going on within your cycle is so important to then, you know, start adapting the way that you're approaching training and racing and everything you do from a physical but also mental perspective as well yeah yeah it's so true menstrual cycle impacts us all so individually it's something that we can definitely use to our advantage uh the second thing that it talked about uh was sports bras which is something that I probably didn't consider to be important enough until we had those Nike events recently when we talked about the importance of sports bras and like the impact of having one that doesn't support you properly. And I think some of the stats there were like 80% of Australian women are in the wrong size sports bra. And then there was another stat, which we may have already touched on, but if you're new to the podcast, it's pretty interesting. If you have a decap breast size and then you run in a not a supportive enough bra, your breast can move 6.6 kilometers in a marathon, which is just like, mind-boggling and those were the a cup you you don't get away scot-free your your breasts move 2.2 k's if you're not in the correct sports bra in a marathon so absolutely such an important point and I think you know we need more education in schools around this I think when I was at school I didn't really get taught the importance of a sports bra and it's also something that was kind of again intertwined in puberty and the changing female body and almost something that's kind of shameful and you didn't want to bring up and talk about but yeah it's just such an important topic because it impacts like your efficiency your actual efficiency as you run and we learned that from molly um from nike who talked about you know if you think about it your boob your breasts move the opposite way to you move so they're like um are reactive to the way that you move and so if they are bouncing around and not supported properly it's like away from your body and creating movement that's actually going to like impact the whole way that you run. It's going to impact your efficiency as a runner. And it's also just going to hurt. Um, I know for me, I definitely have experienced sore breasts around my menstrual cycle and, and especially closer to when I get my period. And it is so painful um, not having a supportive bra. So yeah, I think chat GPT now, that one, like sports bras are so important and getting the correct fitting one, especially with running, it's such a high impact sport. Yeah, 100%. It's something that I haven't really put enough effort into thinking about only because I don't have big boobs, but the fact that even small size cups can be impacted and the damage that's happening to your breast tissue if you're not supported correctly is pretty horrific. And I think if you're sitting there thinking like, how do I even know how to get the right sports bra or like, what is the right sports bra? Well, Firstly, they say if you've had your sports bra for more than six months, you should be getting a new one. And then secondly, go into a sports store and get fitted. If they don't fit in the sports store, that's the one that you're in. Go to another one and try and find someone who will fit you correctly to find the right sports bra for you. There are so many things that you need to take into account when you're looking at a sports bra to make sure that it has enough support for you. So there's some beautiful looking sports bras out there that a lot of women like to wear that just don't have the right straps to give you the correct support for the workouts that you're doing. And it does also come down to what sort of exercise you're doing. If you're doing yoga and Pilates where it's non-impact, it's a different scenario compared to if you're a runner and you're going out or doing a high intensity session. So go to a store, talk to them about what exercise you want to do, get fitted in the right sports bra, and then also replace your sports bras every six months ideally if you can 
The third one that ChatGPT raised is the fear of harassment or safety when out running. And this is 100% a struggle that I'm sure all of us as women face regularly and something that we have talked about on the podcast before. But going out for a run as a woman, there are so many things that go through your mind, which a male just wouldn't have to deal with. You know, when I'm getting up early and wanting to go out for a run in the dark, where am I running? Is it safe? Are there lights on the streets? What am I wearing? Am I going to be running with other people? Should I listen to music? Like these are the things that I question every single day when I go for a run. Um, although most of the time I am in a pretty safe space, it still goes through my through my head. Whereas a male can, most men, I'm not going to generalize here, but most men could just get up and go for a run and feel pretty confident that they're going to be fine. So this isn't to fearmonger and say that it's dangerous as a woman to go running. That is not what we're here for. Like everyone should have the ability and access to go and run. But what can we do to feel more confident in ourselves to go out and run if we are running alone, to go out and run by ourselves and, you know, in, in any location that we like best? I'll throw it to you. Uh, I think building up the confidence slowly over time is like a nice place to start. I know I I definitely get scared going to like quiet trails and I, I've i literally gone into the trail, lasted like 100 metres and then like literally been like, nah, turn around and run back out and like continue running on the road. So like, yeah, slowly building up that confidence and whether it be like bringing a friend or doing that trail run yeah, with friends to begin with and, and start to build that confidence and realise that, you know, a lot of the time we will be completely fine and, you know, there is always the chance that something could happen, but we can't live in fear and like we can't let that hold us back. Um, there's so many things that could happen in life and we're not going to just stop living because of that. So yeah, slowly introducing these things with like bringing a friend or you might um, do a trail that's really busy. So you might start with a trail where you know there's going to be a lot of people that you'll probably pass along the way, starting there and then realizing, okay, this is okay. And then building up that confidence over time. I think that's a really good place to start. Cause I think, for me, I don't get as scared running on the roads unless it's like maybe like a kind of dodgy road or a little bit dark or scary. But like I have such a different mindset running on there because these houses around, these cars driving past. I think trails is a, is a whole nother world um, and we want to be able to get out there and enjoy it. So like, yeah, just building that confidence slowly over time by bringing friends and, and testing out where you're running. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, definitely. And I think... Other things that would help that do help me to get out run in the morning, especially when it's dark, is running with my phone. Like I won't run anywhere without my phone, which might sound a bit crazy, but I've got so used to it now. I've been doing it for so many years. But I would feel I would genuinely feel kind of worried if I didn't take my phone with me on a run, which is kind of sad, but also like at least it's a tool that I can use every day when I want to go for a run to make me feel more confident running by myself. So I would suggest take your phone with you. Also tell someone where you're running or share your location with someone just to give yourself the confidence that someone else knows exactly where you are. Um, but yeah, like I think, as you said, it's it's maybe something that will take time to gain confidence and to go out and, tra and train by yourself, whether it's on trails or on the road. So maybe start by just linking up with some buddies and running with them for a little while and then testing it, you know, a short run by yourself. And then um, eventually you'll feel confident enough to run alone, but also stand up for yourself. I'm also like when people harass you or people say something to you, if you feel confident enough and you're in an environment that's safe enough, say if you're running down a street and there's a group of people on a work site and a guy yells something out to you, but it's broad daylight and there's other people public around you. I would be confident enough to go over and say something to them. And I actually saw, I watched a movie recently, a female empowerment movie, and this woman got harassed on the street and these dudes just standing there staring at her. And she just turned around and stood there and stared back at them. <laughs> and like they felt, you know, really uncomfortable because they were, she was just staring at them without saying anything. And I'm like, I said to James, my partner, I'm going to do that next time. Some like guys yell something at me and just make them feel uncomfortable. Um, Esther and I have joked about yelling things out about our menstrual cycle and our periods because that also always makes a guy feel uncomfortable too. But um, yeah, definitely like we should all feel confident enough to go out and run on the streets or on the trails. So finding tools to do that. But 
it can be hard. The last one we wanted to touch on is balancing running with other responsibilities and, for example, having a family or work. And I think we want to touch on quickly something that we noticed when we asked uh, ChatGPT about what runners struggle with in general. So they obviously mentioned injuries, fatigue, motivation, and mental toughness. And then we asked what female runners struggle with and chat GPT told us other responsibilities such as work and family. And I think that just highlights like the bias that already exists within chat GPT. And it's something that, you know, I've listened to podcasts about, about how these large language models are built on the internet and the internet is biased towards men. Uh, if you Google a lot of sports, like who's the best sports person in the, in football, for example, they will, I don't know the actual facts. I'm just giving an example here. They will always say like the man, uh, they won't give the female or the woman, even if she's actually like scored more goals. So they're almost just not even considered as part of that sport, which is really sad. Uh, so yeah, I think it's just something before we touch on that. And I don't know if anyone listening also noticed that. But yeah, when we asked about runners, it was never spoken about balancing work and family. And then when we talked about female runners, it was about balancing running with work and family. It's just so interesting. It's kind of scary, right? It is so interesting. And I think everyone struggles with like balancing responsibilities and whether you're a male or you're a female or you're a mother or you're not a mother, like we all have struggles I'm sure balancing our responsibilities and when you work and have a social life and then you put on top of that training for a marathon like it's hard and I think it's funny how we just it just gets called out for women but we will chat about it I think it is a a conversation to be had but not just for women in general I think it's for everybody how can we balance responsibilities on top of training especially if you're training for Longer distances that take a lot of time. I mean, marathon training is hard enough. I couldn't imagine being a iron woman, I want to say, um, like the amount of time that they spend training. But um, making sure that you are like taking a really healthy approach to your training can definitely help with making the right decisions to balance out all of those responsibilities. I think for me, when I'm training for a marathon, like I'm obviously putting it as one of my priorities and I want to do well in it. So I do want to get the training done, but I also want to accept that running is not everything. It is not my entire life. And that if things come up, such as my friends getting married or, you know, I'm, I'm seeing someone I haven't seen for a while, or I'm going to go visit my family. Like to me, those things are way more important than my training. And so I'm happy to sacrifice my training to go and spend time with my loved ones. So it's is and I guess it is like focusing on what your priorities are and, and where you're going to make the decisions to balance all of them. But it can be tough. Like it can be really hard when you feel a lot of pressure to get through the training, especially when you're in a training block. Yes, are there any things that you do like that help you kind of balance out these responsibilities? Yeah, I think kind of touched on it around motivation. I think it's probably just like routine and I feel like that helps me balance like all the things I'm doing now, but like, I cannot imagine having a kid thrown in there as well. So maybe we should get Amy on the podcast to talk about that. Our coach, she's an absolute weapon. She's got two kids training for a marathon. She's a coach and she's got a full-time job. Like she's an absolute weapon, but yeah, I think just like being prepared, being organized and staying in a routine helps so much. Um, but yeah, perspective, like Liz, you touched on it, like putting things into perspective. Like if you have got a really stressful week at work and you're also not sleeping very well, like you need to have the awareness to be like, well, maybe I should not run as much as I would every other week. So like just having that awareness that like not just physical stress is the only thing impacting how you feel. Like there's so many different elements impacting how you feel. And the more that you can like, look into all of those different elements and like combine it into like a holistic view of your training, the better you'll do because you won't overreach. If you're feeling really knackered, you'll have that ability to say, hang on, maybe it's because of this, 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 and this, I might just jog today instead of going and smashing my body, which will just 
get you even further down that fatigue hole. So yeah, just being organized, prepared and tuning into your body would be things that I would say. Um, And also finding support teams around you. So like we're lucky enough, Liz and I, that we have extremely supportive partners that would like help us if we needed help leading into like a big race, like they will probably take on more than they normally would in terms of like, you know, things that we're sharing in the relationship. But yeah, finding like people that will support you. Like if you've got, if you're a single mum and you've got kids like reaching out to friends or family, if they could help on the weekend and you can go and go away and do your long run or, you know, asking your your partner to support you more while you train for this big event. I think, yeah, leaning on your loved ones. I know um, one of the athletes that we coach at Femi, her partner recently did an Ironman and she was taking on a lot more responsibility, but she knew that that was only something that was short-term. So, you know, she saw that she could help him do this and, and he can help her in the future as well, which was really, it was cool to see. Uh, so those, yeah, those would be my things about balancing like responsibilities. Yeah, I love it. I feel like taking that approach to life being in seasons as well and realizing like what is the season for what and maybe one season is for supporting your partner with what he or she or they are going through and then another season might be like I'm training for this and this is my priority and everything else in my life is going to work around this one thing but it is momentary and it is only over like a few weeks or months whatever it might be Um, I think definitely helps with making those decisions as well. Um, I feel like that is a lot from us today. I don't know if you wanted to add anything else. No, just that. How do we change chat GPT to not be biased? Anyone listening, got any ideas, hit us up. Slash the entire world. But um, thank you so much for tuning in today. We very much appreciate your support on every single episode. If you want to get in touch with us, you can head to our website, femi.co, or head to Instagram at femi.co. Both of those are tagged in the show notes. But in the meantime, Est and I will be back in your ears next week with an incredible guest. So come back and join us then. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.